Chapter 5, Part 1 of Hilda Wade. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Hilda Wade, A Woman with Tenacity of Purpose by Grant Allen. Chapter 5, Part 1 the episode of the needle that did not match sebastian is a great man i said to hilda wade as i sat one afternoon over a cup of tea she had brewed for me in her own little sitting-room it is one of the elevations of an hospital doctor's lot that he may drink tea now and again with the sister of his ward whatever else you choose to think of him you must admit he is a very great man i admired our famous professor and i admired hilda wade twas a matter of regret to me that my two admirations did not seem in return sufficiently to admire one another oh yes hilda answered pouring out my second cup he's a very great man i never denied that the greatest man on the whole i think that i have ever come across and he has done splendid work for humanity i went on growing enthusiastic splendid work yes splendid two lumps i believe he has done more i admit for medical science than any other man i ever met i gazed at her with a curious glance then why dear lady do you keep telling me he's cruel i inquired toasting my feet on the fender it seems contradictory she passed me the muffins and smiled her restrained smile does the desire to do good to humanity in itself imply a benevolent disposition she answered obliquely now you are talking in paradox surely if a man works all his life long for the good of mankind that shows he is devoured by sympathy for his species and when your friend mr bates works all his life long at observing and classifying ladybirds i suppose that shows he's devoured by sympathy for the race of beetles i laughed at her comical face she looked at me so quizzically but then i objected the cases are not parallel bates kills and collects his ladybirds sebastian cures and benefits humanity hilda smiled her wise smile once more and fingered her apron are the cases so different as you suppose she went on with her quick glance is it not partly accident a man of science you see early in life takes up half by chance this that or the other particular form of study but what the study is in itself i fancy does not greatly matter do not mere circumstances as often as not determine it surely it is the temperament on the whole that tells the temperament that is or is not scientific how do you mean you are so enigmatic well in a family of the scientific temperament it seems to me one brother may happen to go in for butterflies may he not and another for geology or for submarine telegraphs now the man who happens to take up butterflies does not make a fortune out of his hobby there is no money in butterflies so we say accordingly he is an unpractical person who cares nothing for business and who is only happy when he is out in the fields with a net chasing emperors and tortoise shells 
but the man who happens to fancy submarine telegraphy most likely invents a lot of new improvements takes out dozens of patents finds money flow in upon him as he sits in his study and becomes at last a peer and a millionaire so then we say what a splendid business head he has got to be sure and how immensely he differs from his poor wool-gathering brother the entomologist who can only invent new ways of hatching out wire-worms yet all may really depend on the first chance direction which led one brother as a boy to buy a butterfly net and sent the other into the school laboratory to dabble with an electric wheel and a cheap battery then you mean to say it is chance that has made sebastian hilda shook her pretty head by no means don't be so stupid we both know sebastian has a wonderful brain whatever was the work he undertook with that brain in science he would carry it out consumedly he is a born thinker it is like this don't you know she tried to arrange her thoughts the particular branch of science to which mr heriam maxim's mind happens to have been directed was the making of machine-guns and he slays his thousands the particular branch to which sebastian's mind happens to have been directed was medicine and he cures as many as mr maxim kills it is a turn of the hand that makes all the difference i see i said the aim of medicine happens to be a benevolent one quite so that's just what i mean the aim is benevolent and sebastian pursues that aim with the single-minded energy of a lofty gifted and devoted nature but not a good one not good oh no to be quite frank he seems to me to pursue it ruthlessly cruelly unscrupulously he is a man of high ideals but without principle in that respect he reminds one of the great spirits of the italian renaissance benvenuto cellini and so forth men who could pour for hours with conscientious artistic care over the detail of a hem in a sculptured robe yet could steal out in the midst of their disinterested toil to plunge a knife in the back of a rival sebastian would not do that i cried he is wholly free from the mean spirit of jealousy no sebastian would not do that you are quite right there there is no tinge of meanness in the man's nature he likes to be first in the field but he would acclaim with delight another man's scientific triumph if another anticipated him for would it not mean a triumph for universal science and is not the advancement of science sebastian's religion but he would do almost as much or more he would stab a man without remorse if he thought that by stabbing him he could advance knowledge i recognized at once the truth of her diagnosis nurse wade i cried you are a wonderful woman i believe you are right but how did you come to think of it a cloud passed over her brow i have reason to know it she answered slowly then her voice changed take another muffin i helped myself and paused i laid down my cup and gazed at her what a beautiful tender sympathetic face and yet how able she stirred the fire uneasily i looked and hesitated 
i had often wondered why i never dared ask hilda wade one question that was nearest my heart i think it must have been because i respected her so profoundly the deeper your admiration and respect for a woman the harder you find it in the end to ask her at last i almost made up my mind i cannot think i began what can have induced a girl like you with means and friends with brains and i drew back then i plumped it out beauty to take to such a life as this a life which seems in many ways so unworthy of you she stirred the fire more pensively than ever and rearranged the muffin dish on the little wrought iron stand in front of the grate and yet she murmured looking down what life can be better than the service of one's kind you think it a great life for sebastian sebastian he's a man that is different quite different but a woman especially you dear lady for whom one feels that nothing is quite high enough quite pure enough quite good enough i cannot imagine how she checked me with one wave of her gracious hand her movements were always slow and dignified i have a plan in my life she answered earnestly her eyes meeting mine with a sincere frank gaze a plan to which i have resolved to sacrifice everything it absorbs my being till that plan is fulfilled i saw the tears were gathering fast on her lashes she suppressed them with an effort say no more she added faltering infirm of purpose i will not listen i leant forward eagerly pressing my advantage the air was electric waves of emotion passed to and fro but surely i cried you do not mean to say she waved me aside once more i will not put my hand to the plough and then look back she answered firmly dr cumberledge spare me i came to nathaniel's for a purpose i told you at the time what that purpose was in part to be near sebastian i want to be near him for an object i have at heart do not ask me to reveal it do not ask me to forego it i am a woman therefore weak but i need your aid help me instead of hindering me hilda i cried leaning forward with quiverings of my heart i will help you in whatever way you will allow me but let me at any rate help you with the feeling that i am helping one who means in time at that moment as unkindly fate would have it the door opened and sebastian entered nurse wade he began in his iron voice glancing about him with stern eyes where are those needles i ordered for that operation we must be ready in time before nielsen comes cumberledge i shall want you the golden opportunity had come and gone it was long before i found a similar occasion for speaking to hilda every day after that the feeling deepened upon me that hilda was there to watch sebastian why i did not know but it was growing certain that a lifelong duel was in progress between these two a duel of some strange and mysterious import the first approach to solution of the problem which i obtained came a week or two later sebastian was engaged in observing a case where certain unusual symptoms had suddenly supervened 
it was a case of some obscure affection of the heart i will not trouble you here with the particular details we all suspected a tendency to aneurysm hilda wade was in attendance as she always was on sebastian's observation cases we crowded round watching the professor himself leaned over the cot with some medicine for external application in a basin he gave it to hilda to hold i noticed that as she held it her fingers trembled and that her eyes were fixed harder than ever upon sebastian he turned round to his students now this he began in a very unconcerned voice as if the patient were a toad is a most unwanted turn for the disease to take it occurs very seldom in point of fact i have only observed the symptom once before and then it was fatal the patient in that instance he paused dramatically was the notorious poisoner dr york bannerman as he uttered the words hilda wade's hands trembled more than ever and with a little scream she let the basin fall breaking it into fragments sebastian's keen eyes had transfixed her in a second how did you manage to do that he asked with quiet sarcasm but in a tone full of meaning the basin was heavy hilda faltered my hands were trembling and it somehow slipped through them i am not quite myself not quite well this afternoon i ought not to have attempted it the professor's deep-set eyes peered out like gleaming lights from beneath their overhanging brows no you ought not to have attempted it he answered withering her with a glance you might have let the thing fall on the patient and killed him as it is can't you see you have agitated him with the flurry don't stand there holding your breath woman repair your mischief get a cloth and wipe it up and give me the bottle with skilful haste he administered a little sal volatile and nux vomica to the swooning patient while hilda set about remedying the damage that's better sebastian said in a mollified tone when she had brought another basin there was a singular note of cloak triumph in his voice now we'll begin again i was just saying gentlemen before this accident that i had seen only one case of this particular form of the tendency before and that that case was the notorious he kept his glittering eyes fixed harder on hilda than ever the notorious dr york bannerman i was watching hilda too at the words she trembled violently all over once more but with an effort restrained herself their looks met in a searching glance hilda's air was proud and fearless in sebastian's i fancied i detected after a second just a tinge of wavering you remember york bannerman's case he went on he committed a murder let me take the basin i cried for i saw hilda's hands giving way a second time and i was anxious to spare her no thank you she answered low but in a voice that was full of suppressed defiance i will wait and hear this out i prefer to stop here as for sebastian he seemed now not to notice her though i was aware all the time of a sidelong glance of his eye parrot-wise in her direction he committed a murder he went on by means of aconitine 
then an almost unknown poison, and after committing it, his heart being already weak, he was taken himself with symptoms of aneurysm in a curious form, essentially similar to these, so that he died before the trial, a lucky escape for him. He paused rhetorically once more, then he added in the same tone, mental agitation and the terror of detection no doubt accelerated the fatal result in that instance he died at once from the shock of the arrest it was a natural conclusion here we may hope for a more successful issue he spoke to the students of course but i could see for all that that he was keeping his falcon eye fixed hard on hilda's face i glanced aside at her she never flinched for a second neither said anything directly to the other still by their eyes and mouths i knew some strange passage of arms had taken place between them sebastian's tone was one of provocation of defiance i might almost say of challenge hilda's air i took rather for the air of calm and resolute but assured resistance he expected her to answer she said nothing Instead of that, she went on holding the basin, now with fingers that would not tremble. Every muscle was strained, every tendon was strung. I could see she held herself in with a will of iron. The rest of the episode passed off quietly. Sebastian, having delivered his bolt, began to think less of Hilda and more of the patient. He went on with his demonstration. As for Hilda, she gradually relaxed her muscles and with a deep-drawn breath resumed her natural attitude the tension was over they had had their little skirmish whatever it might mean and had it out now they called a truth over the patient's body when the case had been disposed of and the students dismissed i went straight into the laboratory to get a few surgical instruments i had chanced to leave there for a minute or two I mislaid my clinical thermometer, and began hunting for it behind a wooden partition in the corner of the room by the place for washing test-tubes. As I stooped down, turning over the various objects about the tap in my search, Sebastian's voice came to me. He had paused outside the door, and was speaking in his calm, clear tone, very low to Hilda so now we understand one another nurse wade he said with a significant sneer i know whom i have to deal with and i know too hilda answered in a voice of placid confidence yet you are not afraid it is not i who have cause to fear the accused may tremble not the prosecutor what you threaten no i do not threaten not in words i mean my presence here is in itself a threat but i make no other you know now unfortunately why i have come that makes my task harder but i will not give it up i will wait and conquer sebastian answered nothing he strode into the laboratory alone tall grim unbending and let himself sink into his easy-chair looking up with a singular and somewhat sinister smile at his bottles of microbes after a minute he stirred the fire and bent his head forward brooding 
he held it between his hands with his elbows on his knees and gazed moodily straight before him into the glowing caves of white hot coal in the fireplace that sinister smile still played lambent around the corners of his grizzled moustaches i moved noiselessly towards the door trying to pass behind him unnoticed but alert as ever his quick ears detected me with a sudden start he raised his head and glanced round what you here he cried taken aback for a second he appeared almost to lose his self-possession i came for my clinical i answered with an unconcerned air i have somehow managed to mislay it in the laboratory my carefully casual tone seemed to reassure him he peered about him with knit brows cambridge he asked at last in a suspicious voice did you hear that woman the woman in ninety three delirious no no nurse wade hear her i echoed i must candidly admit with intent to deceive when she broke the basin his forehead relaxed oh it is nothing he muttered hastily a mere point of discipline she spoke to me just now and i thought her tone unbecoming in a subordinate like cora and his crew she takes too much upon her we must get rid of her cambridge we must get rid of her she is a dangerous woman she is the most intelligent nurse we have ever had in the place sir i objected stoutly he nodded his head twice intelligent je vous l'accorde but dangerous dangerous then he turned to his papers sorting them out one by one with a preoccupied face and twitching fingers i recognized that he desired to be left alone so i quitted the laboratory i cannot quite say why but ever since hilda wade first came to nathaniel's my enthusiasm for sebastian had been cooling continuously admiring his greatness still i had doubts as to his goodness that day i felt i positively mistrusted him i wondered what his passage of arms with hilda might mean yet somehow i was shy of alluding to it before her one thing however was clear to me now this great campaign that was being waged between the nurse and the professor had reference to the case of dr york bannerman for a time nothing came of it the routine of the hospital went on as usual the patient with a suspected predisposition for anevrism kept fairly well for a week or two and then took a sudden turn for the worse presenting at times most unwanted symptoms he died unexpectedly sebastian who had watched him every hour regarded the matter as of prime importance i am glad it happened here he said rubbing his hands a grand opportunity i wanted to catch an instance like this before that fellow in paris had time to anticipate me they are all on the lookout von strahlendorf of vienna has been waiting for just such a patient for years so have i now fortune has favored me lucky for us he died we shall find out everything we held a post-mortem of course the condition of the blood being what we most wished to observe and the autopsy revealed some unexpected details one remarkable feature consisted in a certain undescribed and impoverished state 
of the contained bodies which sebastian with his eager zeal for science desired his students to see and identify he said it was likely to throw much light on other ill-understood conditions of the brain and nervous system as well as on the peculiar faint odor of the insane now so well recognized in all large asylums in order to compare this abnormal state with the aspect of the healthy circulating medium he proposed to examine a little good living blood side by side with the morbid specimen under the microscope nurse wade was in attendance in the laboratory as usual the professor standing by the instrument with one hand on the brass screw had got the deceased drop ready arranged for our inspection beforehand and was gloating over it himself with scientific enthusiasm gray corpuscles you will observe he said almost entirely deficient red poor in number and irregular in outline plasma thin nuclei feeble a state of body which tells severely against the due rebuilding of the wasted tissues now compare with typical normal specimen he removed his eye from the microscope and wiped a glass slide with a clean cloth as he spoke nurse wade we know of old the purity and vigor of your circulating fluid you shall have the honor of advancing science once more hold up your finger hilda held up her forefinger unhesitatingly she was used to such requests and indeed sebastian had acquired by long experience the faculty of pinching the fingertip so hard and pressing the point of a needle so dexterously into a minor vessel that he could draw at once a small drop of blood without the subject even feeling it the professor nipped the last joint between his finger and thumb for a moment till it was black at the end then he turned to the saucer at his side which hilda herself had placed there and chose from it cat-like with great deliberation and selective care a particular needle hilda's eyes followed his every movement as closely and as fearlessly as ever sebastian's hand was raised and he was just about to pierce the delicate white skin when with a sudden quick scream of terror she snatched her hand away hastily the professor let the needle drop in his astonishment what did you do that for he cried with an angry dart of the keen eyes this is not the first time i have drawn your blood you knew i would not hurt you hilda's face had grown strangely pale but that was not all i believe i was the only person present who noticed one unobtrusive piece of sleight of hand which she hurriedly and skilfully executed when the needle slipped from sebastian's hand she leant forward even as she screamed and caught it unobserved in the folds of her apron then her nimble fingers closed over it as if by magic and conveyed it with a rapid movement at once to her pocket i do not think even sebastian himself noticed the quick forward jerk of her eager hands which would have done honour to a conjurer he was too much taken aback by her unexpected behaviour to observe the needle just as she caught it hilda answered his question in a somewhat flurried voice i-i was afraid she broke out gasping one gets these little accesses of terror now and again i-i feel rather weak i don't think i will volunteer to supply any more normal blood this morning sebastian's acute eyes read her through as so often 
with a trenchant dart he glanced from her to me i could see he began to suspect a confederacy that will do he went on with slow deliberateness better so nurse wade i don't know what's beginning to come over you you are losing your nerve which is fatal in a nurse only the other day you let fall and broke a basin at a most critical moment and now you scream aloud on a trifling apprehension he paused and glanced around him mr callaghan he said turning to our tall red-haired irish student your blood is good normal and you are not hysterical he selected another needle with studious care give me your finger as he picked out the needle i saw hilda lean forward again alert and watchful eyeing him with a piercing glance but after a second's consideration she seemed to satisfy herself and fell back without a word i gathered that she was ready to interfere had occasion demanded but occasion did not demand and she held her peace quietly end of chapter 5 part 1 read by lars rolander